real good buddy of mine, Hector Lefebvre, introduced me to the Shotokan school in about 2009, I say 2010. Okay, okay. So with your history with the martial arts, have you ever tried to like um, do anything different like Kung Fu or um, anything like that, or are you all considered the same? Uh, yeah, just mostly uh, karate and uh, com- you know combat type of training, defensive tactics type training. A um, little bit of Tai Chi. Okay. And, you know. Okay, great. So let me ask you a question now. You say you've been in the martial arts that you you started in two thousand and nine until present, or did you start even younger? And, and you got off of it for a little while and came back to it. Is that the way that happened? Yeah, I started when I was younger um, in high school uh, doing a little bit of Taekwondo. Which, and um, and then through the years, uh, I did it again with one of my daughters. As she started uh, training and going through the belts in Taekwondo, she uh, uh studying and got all the way I believe to her brown belt till she got injured and wasn't able to continue and then again I started up again hello and welcome to the way I'm Hunchy Henry Graves and you are on culture play radio we're gonna have on our guest today a master Dan Roberts from Texas master Roberts how you doing today I'm doing fine. I'm having a great day here in Texas. That's and great. And yourself, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. Man, it's hot here in Orlando. I imagine it's hot there in Texas also. But we're going to endure with the weather, and we're going to keep on striving. Ain't that right? Sounds good to me. That's what we're doing in here. That's what we so do. how you been, sir? Well, I've been just great, man. I've been waiting to get you on the show, you know, let everybody know about this wonderful master I know and it just um, you're a hard man to catch up with because you're so busy. You keep yourself busy. How's the school down there? Tell me a little bit about your school. Well, the school <clears> is doing pretty well. The school, the name of the school is CTX Marshall Sports Headquarters. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can look that up and get more information about it. But the school is doing very well. Um, this year we've been going to a few tournaments and uh, knocking the tournaments out. We went to one uh, international tournament in January. The school did pretty well. We just went to an uh, international tournament in San Antonio uh, on the AOK schedule, and they've been doing pretty good. The uh, students are working pretty good, and uh, I'm pretty happy with them at this time. Okay, it's nothing like competition. I love competition. You know, to get the guys yes, out there and let them practice their art and then get a chance to show off what they practice as far as going against someone else and see exactly how it stands up. And remember, you know, tournaments is just a way of gauging. It's not the absolute because on any given day, anybody can win a particular tournament, you know. So absolutely. it just helps them to absolutely. go build their confidence. That's all. That's what it's about. <clears throat> so um, now... You've been down there in Texas. How long have you been in Texas? Have you lived in another part of the United States, or you just always been a Texas guy? Uh, no, sir. Um, I was in the military for 22 years, and I've been all around the United States and overseas and stuff like that. Um, um, been to Korea, been to South America, Panama, uh, been to Colorado, been to California, um, you know, Florida, Tampa, Florida, uh Orlando, Daytona, and a few other places, you know, uh, Augusta, Georgia, Fort Stewart, Georgia, Columbus, Georgia. So 
uh, Fort Dix, New Jersey, uh, and here in Texas. So um, I've been from everywhere. Oh, okay. All right. Great, great. So did you learn the martial arts from an overseas instructor? Did you get involved in the United States? And, you know, how did your martial art training come to pass? How did you get involved in the martial arts? Well, in the beginning, my dad was in the service. My daddy had traveled to Okinawa, and he studied Okinawan karate, and when he came back, he taught me. I was very young. I started about eight years old, and then uh, from there, my mother and family, we moved, we separated, and then I went from different places in the United States, and everywhere I went, I went to a school and learned martial arts, and then uh, later on, um, when I joined the military, I just kept my military uh, addresses and then I, you know, just kept kept up with the martial arts, you know. Uh, when I joined the military, I was already, had, had already attained the black belt. So with that in mind, I just kept up my training everywhere I went. Every state that I went, overseas where I went, I found a school and then later on I, I started teaching. That, that's the way we do it. I kind of got a little bit immersed with it from my uncle. He was a Marine, <clears throat> and he um, introduced me to the martial arts. And then from there, it just blossomed into something I began to love and cherish and um, been a part of it for now, going on 56 years or a little bit better. And it's just a part of life or the way of life with me now. Um, in Taekwondo, I noticed that you know their art are geared more towards kicking other than punching. Um, do you prescribe to that same routine or do you mix it up? Or how how do you like to see your system? How, how is it? Well, in, in, in my opinion, with the different martial arts that I've learned, I, I mix our Taekwondo system up. It's not all traditional pure. It's pure enough to where, you know, I teach the traditional kicks and the traditional punches, but I also... Uh, since I came up in the Okinawan system, I have a lot of hand drills that we teach, that I teach with the feet, you know, and uh, there's a drill that we call that we say, you know, hands follow feet or feet follow hands. So in my system, we sort of mix it up. It's not all the kicking routine. We have a lot of hand drills and stuff that we do that I teach at the school, and it makes a, a very good mix. I think a very good mix. So I'm happy with it, and uh, I think my students, they like it because uh, with the mix that they learn, they become some winners. You know, they experiment in some of the techniques, and they like it. So I'm real happy with it. Uh, one of the things that we say is that uh, I'm a Mutaquan stylist Taekwondo, but our, our motto is that it's uh, a traditional, it's traditional, but it's modern, and the, and the local says, you know, where tradition meets the modern. So with that in mind, it, it mixes what to what I'm what I teach. Well, um, I guess a lot of systems are starting to do the same thing. Some systems are staying purely to like a. Uh, uh, like with Shotokan, pure just Shotokan katas, Shotokan movements, no jiu-jitsu in it, this and that. But I always find out with a martial art, at least in our dojo, we try to implement some other things, aspects of other martial arts, you know, like maybe jiu-jitsu, maybe judo, 
um, whatever, whatever will just like fit that need, you know. And I'm learning that a lot of the kids are so much different than they were when I was coming up. The things that I would endure, these guys won't endure. Or for lack of a better word, they don't have the same kind of attitude towards martial arts, you know. I see a generation of kids coming into the martial arts now that they have to be given a um, automatic uh, medal just for walking in the door. They can't earn it. You know, they can't just uh, say, well, I didn't win. I'll go back and train, and next time I will. You know, they, they have to have some kind of something to show that they were there. I, I mean, I like that also, but there again, depend on what and who and age and all of that, it may not be a good message we're sending out. Well, my, my opinion at where I'm at now, we don't have that situation. Uh, our situation is, well... Half the members of my school, or half the members that I teach, the days that I'm not teaching there, they teach, they learn jujitsu, so they are learning a mix of jujitsu and taekwondo. Uh, three days is stand up martial arts, hands and feet, and the other two days uh, is jujitsu. So they not have we're not having that problem. It, the only problem that we're having is, like you said, some people just don't have the right mental attitude for martial art because martial art is something that you got to stick with. You just can't train for a little bit and then give it up. You have to stick with it. And that's what we have to preach to kids today is that whatever you start, finish it, you know, finish it until what you do what you want to get out of. You want to make black belt or you just want to learn self-defense, you know, stay in it until you learn, until you have the confidence to to do what you want to do if, if it's self-defense or confidence and so we don't really have that problem because like I say half our my members they take jujitsu on the opposite day so because we do teach jujitsu in our school and uh, the professor that teaches it is very good very good so we don't really have that problem but I understand the mythology which you're referring to but it's up to us to make sure that we encourage our students to learn of the martial arts because sometimes that's not going to be enough. The martial art that they know might not be enough. So we have to encourage them to continue their martial arts in, in martial art endeavors or whatever the case might be. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole bottom line, you know. Um, learn for the kids to learn that there's more to it, you know, than just winning. You know, it's a thing about training and and coming through that training, then good things going to happen eventually for you. But a lot of times I find out that with my guys and working with them, you know, um, like I say, the, the group that's coming up, I don't know, some of them call them Generation X or Z or, or whatever, but, you know, they still got to come to the dojo to get that leadership that we want to give them. You know, we just can't let them not get that. So in your school, I think you're doing a very good thing. You know, working with them and letting them work on different aspects of the martial arts, maybe some ground, maybe some jiu-jitsu, maybe some, you know, things like that. But do you have, uh, you, do you guys do weapons or kabuto in your dojo, do, dojang? Uh, uh, yes, we do. Uh, we do, uh, in Korean terms, uh, the bow staff, which is called bongsu. We have some bows. Bongsu classes. We have some Bongsu seminars. Uh, we have the short stick seminars. Okay. We have different uh, weapons, but the, the 
the main two weapons is the short staff and long staff right now. Um, like I said, we do have them, and we do them as a seminar. We do them like every other month. There's some kind of seminar that we're doing with weapons, and and most of the kids in my school right now, they like the bow staff and the short socks, and they like um, the college scrimmer sticks, but we haven't got into the, the scrimmer sticks yet, but they like the weapons. So we do have uh, Kabuto training, but like I say, for right now, it's only the the bow staff and short bow, or some people say the juke. Yeah, the juke. And so those are the mm-hmm. two um, Kabuto trainings that we have right now, mm-hmm. but and they love it. Yeah, you know, um, I, I love working with the Joe. I love working with the bow. I love working with the guy or the oar. Um, um, but I'm, 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 I've, I've fell in deep for the katana, for the sword. I absolutely love working with the sword. You know, that's one of the weapons I, um, I um, always wanted to know how to um, use, and I got fortunate. A Kiyoshi, um, Bob Elder, a really good sword guy here in Orlando, you know, he kind of like, hey, come off, took me off to the side, kind of helped me with that a little bit, and then I just took to it like a duck to water. So in your Taekwondo training, um, what is one of the most difficult kicks that you guys have to do? Um, well, one of the most difficult kicks is is a, a, a 360-degree roundhouse kick, which is very difficult, very hard to do. you got to be a little acrobatic to do it. That was about one of the most hardest kicks. There's a 360 and a 480, uh, which is a, a lot of twisting and turning, just like a diver. or be twisting and diving like that. It's the hardest kick to teach, and not many people can do it. But at the level that my school is at right now, I don't even teach those twirling type kicks right now because at, at the school that I'm at, we only have a bunch of kids right now. So uh, I have to keep the, the training down moderate to their level, but we have, like I say, 180, 280, 360, 480-degree spinning kicks, which is a lot hard kicks, but for, for their level right now, we just stick with the basic kicks, but the hardest one for them to really learn right now is the, the 360. Yes. Yes. Like I stated before, the 360 is the hardest kick for them to learn. That's about it. Yeah. Well, with that, I, th- I was waiting for you to say the 360 and the um, another kick I was thinking about. Like, is it a tornado kick? Yes. The tornado kick, uh, it's, it's pretty good. The tornado kick is uh, it's not as hard as the 360 or the 180s, but um, we call the tornado kick is... In our repertoire of what we call the Audubon kick, that's just one of our Audubon kicks. Okay. And the kids, they, they love to do Audubon kicks. And wow. we I teach the Audubon kicks all the time, so they, they're pretty aware of that kick. Wow, Master Robert, when I see the Taekwondo artists doing a lot of the breaking, you know, with these boards and doing these hot flying kicks and breaking these boards up in the air, I'm saying, how do they generate enough power to break that board that high up in the air? What is, I mean, it's like, I'm looking at it going, is that board um, uh inch, two inch, or, or 
What I mean, it's just phenomenal, man. It's phenomenal when I see that. You know, I, I can't even explain my mind. Just I, it's just I try to wrap my mind around some of the aerobatic techniques they do. Well, as far as board breaking is concerned, the twisting and turning of the body, the, the faster you twist and turn your body, the momentum of the speed of the kick is what breaks the board. Now, when you're talking about board breaking or brick breaking, but when you're talking about board breaking, board breaking, you know, most of the wood is a uh, half-inch thick or, or inch thick. And uh, uh, one of the things that we do, we teach them how to do the breaking. The breaking, you break with the grain. That is the most successful thing to do when you're doing board breaking. You have to know to break with the grain. So whatever type of punch or kick that you do, mm -hmm. you have to know the grain of the type uh, material that you're breaking. Okay. So for an example, uh, when we're training in Taekwondo, most schools use the little breaking board but I don't, I use the actual wood, and we always do the soft pine, because the soft pine, the grain of the pine, you can always see the direction of the grain. So that's our key that we teach, is breaking with the grain. You don't break cross grain, you break with the grain. You okay. know, punches and kicks are designed to be broken with the grain. Okay, okay. All right, so I can see the follow through with that, and you know it makes sense. And not that it's any easier, but it's you're going with the way the the wood is already natural um, forming, so it makes it a little bit more, um, I guess, kind of like a snapping, more powerful like action when you're doing that. Um, um, you say you have kids doing breaking boards. You got how young do you um, start them with that technique? Uh, at our school, we start them at seven. Wow. Seven years old already years breaking old. boards. Yes, sir. Well, I know everything is big in Texas. I mean, is this a big seven-year-old? or <laughs> I mean, you know, is the average no. seven-year-old? or uh, uh, the, You know, seven-year-old, a six-year-old, you know, uh, six uh, you know they're they very small, very small. They're not very big at all. They're just still growing. And we got uh, seven-year-old girls breaking right now. Okay. And, and they're very small size. Yeah. And they can do it. Once I, I teach them, one thing that I I do is a lot of schools don't do They just have them do, take the test and break. I don't do that. What I do is uh, I have a breaking class. Okay. We'll have one day or regular day of training, and it's a breaking class. We'll have wood come to the school. Mm -hmm. we we'll have it cut, and we have a breaking class. We teach them how to break okay. before they take a test to which. Which whichever test they take, if the board breaking is on that test, they already know it because they had a breaking class. They already practiced. They already broke it. So there's no fear. Most kids they fear about when you saying, okay, you got to do breaking on your test. Okay, they get fear. So what I did, I have a breaking class. So they have to come to that breaking class. They have to break. So when it's time to take the test, if it's a breaking class, if it's breaking on that test. They're not afraid. They they got good confidence, and they can break. And that's to me for my success. That's been my success is having a breaking class with the wood and have them practice. And then after they practice it, they you know not afraid of it. When it's time to take the test, they just go through the wood just like that. Okay, opposed to so, opposed to just having one of those rebreakable boards, you get the real wood in there and let them get the feel of it, right? 
Yes, sir. Do you think the rebreakable um, boards is it's uh, also a good tool to use, or you think it's just a waste of time? No, it's a good tool. It's a good tool because uh, it's a good practice. Uh, a lot of schools use it, and you know, for money saving tips, they buy those uh, breakable boards like that to save the money in the long run. Okay. But for in my case, I just like using the wood. That uh, it's just something traditional about that. I was brought up like that, so I'm carrying the tradition on. So that's one of the things about our motto: where tradition unites with the modern. So that's our motto. So I'm bringing the way I was trained and giving it to them. Okay, okay, sounds like a good thing. Um, so uh, I don't know. My favorite technique, far as kicking technique, is the roundhouse kick. I love doing roundhouse kicks. And then I started experimenting a little bit with the front kick. And um, I, I don't know no more. Because it seemed like I can do a front kick with a lot less effort than a roundhouse kick. And um, I mean, and I've been doing a martial arts for a long time. I like all kind of kicks. I can perform all kind of kicks. But anymore, it looked like the front kick can be used so effectively in so many ways, far as in self-defense, also, you know what I mean? Because it's like you can do it from all kind of angles. You know, you can just be standing there, bam. You know, same thing with any other kick, but seem like to me the front kick is a little easier to to do. Well, I agree with that. The front kick is a very versatile kick, and I agree with it because you can do a lot with a front kick. And front kick, a roundhouse kick, I agree with it. It's very versatile. You can a front kick. Uh, can stop a lot of things to be apply it right. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but on another note, my favorite kick is a back kick. It's a back kick. I like back kicks. Oh, wow. I like a back kick. My kick is a back kick. Back in my day, uh, I was known to be uh, throw back kicks. My back kick was a knockout kick. Ooh, so wow. my favorite kick was uh, a back kick. I've never heard nobody say that in all these years that a back kick was their favorite kick. I have never oh, yeah. heard that. This is the first time. Back you guys heard it right here on the show on Culture Play with uh, Master Dan Roberts and Hunchy Henry Graves. Listen, this is right here. Hunchy, Hunchy Roberts, let me ask you something. You telling me if you're standing there, do you do the back kick just straight back or do you do a spinning back kick or or or? I mean, you said it's your favorite one and you, as a knockout kick for you. I, I'm just I'm trying to picture how many ways you can do it, but then you do this kick with such power. Is it just, you just find it easy for you, or is that why you like it so much, or you, or you just find it works in a lot of situations? Well, in a lot of situations, I've won a lot of matches with the back kick. Okay. Because a back kick is a kick that a lot of people can't see when it's coming. If you stand in flat foot and throw in a back kick, they can't see it coming. Uh, the other one is a jumping back kick, and they can't see that coming because uh, a lot of matches that won in my lifetime, I won it with the back kick because it's a kick that you can't see coming. They don't know when it's coming. And, and a lot of martial artists today, a lot of things that they do, they telegraph. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I used to practice, not to telegraph my kicks. And mm-hmm. I had to practice for years and years, jumping kick, how not to telegraph. Because when you're fighting, 
your fighting techniques after about the first minute, first two minutes, a lot of things are telegraphing. A lot of people didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So back in the days when I was competing, I learned not to telegraph. And that was a key thing. With my back kick and not telegraphing it, made me a winner. I hope all these young people listen to Master Dan Roberts out there giving you some pointers about kumite, about sparring, how to get in there. You know, I mean, you know, you're giving them some good information about how to time themselves and how not to let people time them and how not to telegraph that they get ready to do a particular movement. And as the match go on, you're relying, relaying to them that a lot of times, maybe because of fatigue or maybe because of whatever the other opponent is doing, the match go on, the longer it go on, and more a lot of people telegraph their next movements. So learning how not to do that is a key to winning or being successful in the um, in the um, event, tournament, um, altercation, or whatever it may be. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Well, um, you say you like the using, the, well, we call them Joes, you know, the short bow. Um, do you guys have a, a Joe Cotter? Uh, at the moment, we don't. We don't have a Jokata at all, no, sir. Okay. Maybe in the near future we will. Mm -hmm. I might design one. There you go. But right now, we just doing basic stuff right now. I'm teaching them how to strike with it, how to block with it, how to move with it, mm -hmm. how to track, you know, transfer it for another person. The, you know, basic weapon ethics, ethics, ethics. Ethics, ethics is what uh -huh. we call it. Basic ethics. You ethics, know, if okay. you leave your weapon to the next person, how to give it to them, how to present it to them, okay. and stuff like that. So okay. we're in the basic stages right now. And I bet you they're loving it. What's the average age in your oh. school? The average age uh, right now is 16. Wow. The average age is 16. So you got teenagers all up in there. Yeah, we have some teenagers, and then we have Especially with adults, you know, they come in as they, they seem to be the ones that come in there to the dojo or dojang. They seem to be more committed to stay in there. You know what I mean? Sometimes you get them to sign up and then work, get them in front of everything else, of course, and you don't see them for two or three months uh, consistently as you would like. So that's one of the things with adults. Yet, you know, they drop the kids off in a heartbeat, but then for them to make the commitment is sometimes hard. Do you find it easier that if a parent got one or two kids there for them to get into the karate or it's harder for them to get into it? Well, to my experience, if they got more kids in the family, it's more easier for them because we, we have family programs and stuff like that and it's very economical for them and so they look at it and see, well, hey, uh, they'll pay this price for one when they can pay this price for all three and the majority of the time out here, we get the whole family. We we have families that's taking it, you know, mother, father, daughter, and son, you know, so we have some economical programs, and we get the whole family in, but if the family's got like three kids, the majority of them, 
Okay, okay. Great, great. And that's good, you know, because when you get, like, the whole family involved and become, like, a, something that the family can do together and they get bonding together and things like that, I like having groups of family in. Um, last Saturday here at my dojo, we had... Um, a bunch of uh, my black belts come in, and we did like a master class with them. I had them come in, and we worked on a katana, we worked on a bow, we worked on self defense, we worked on a couple uh, katas, and things like that. And you know, some of them had seen each other in years, and you know, that's a great thing to do to bring karate, bring people together like that. You know, martial arts bring them together, and when they get back to go to their own home to the dojo, and and you know, they're having a great time, and then all of a sudden. Now, I have six more adults that want to do martial arts. They wasn't doing anything, just sitting around. Um, and after I called them, it was a way to get them back involved in the martial arts. And I'm very happy I've done that. So that's another little thing you may want to try, you know, with your black belts, because I know you have some, whether they're there or not. And, you know, you just invite them for a day class. They'll come in, a little private class, and, you know, I'm your sensei. I want to do this and that with you. Man, that worked out so good for me. I, I don't know whether it worked for everybody, but it really worked out for me. Well, let me explain this to you. Uh, here, what I've done is that uh, since I've been back in Texas, because uh, I was in Mississippi for almost 16 years, I was a state president down there for Taekwondo. Okay. And then I went to Florida, but now I'm back in Texas. When I left here many years ago, I left about six, seven black belts here. And now when I came back, all those black belts have schools here in this area. And so when I came back, we all had a big meeting. We all got back together. And I went to, even right now, I go to all six of my black belt schools, which is in this area. And wow. when they have a seminar or when they have a test, I sit on their testing board. When I was here before, we used to have three tournaments a year. I used to throw three tournaments a year. And a lot of people still knew me when I was here before. And when they found out that I was back, all of them has came back and sit on promotion boards. We talked about tournaments from the old days and stuff like that. And so with that in mind, what I've done is that I'm having a tournament March 7th in Killeen. And I had a lot of my black belts from overseas, Germany, Turkey, South America, Chicago, Detroit, California, all of them is planning on coming to the tournament to having the reunion. We having uh, the Roberts Institute of Martial Arts reunion that Friday night and then the tournament that Saturday. And I've got overwhelming uh, emails and everything about uh, you know, the information that they need when they come in, the hotel room and all that. So I understand about that because since I've been back, everybody's wondering, like, well, where Master Roberts at? Where Grandmaster Roberts at? Where he at? Where the school at? Just overwhelming. Wow. So I'm really happy about that, too, about networking with former students. If you, if you did great things and taught kids at a young age, they remember you. Yes. I, I got kids and students of mine all the way in Germany that started a school, Wiesbaden, Frankfurt, you know, Gießen, and I'm like, wow. So now the organization has just went international, so I'm really happy with that. I didn't really know how much impact that I had on my students until I got back to Texas, and now I'm just like, 
man, sometimes I just think about school days and the impact that I had on students. I didn't know how much a martial art impact that we had on our students. Yes. So I'm really proud that I taught a lot of students and they remember me and they all tell me they, they remember some of the things I used to tell them in school about life. Yes. Because that's one thing that we did. Martial artists not only trains uh, someone about martial art, we train them about life and aspects of life. And so with that in mind, you always got to think, you know, hey, you know, did I teach him the right way? Was my philosophy good, you know? Yes. You know, and, you know, so those are the things that bring people back to you. No matter how old you get, somewhere, somewhere, you're going to meet or hear from somebody you taught many years ago. And that is so true. So with, with that in mind, I'm really proud of that. Yeah, man, that you're really doing proud. great work. And, you know, and the type of person you are, I remember meeting you and talking with you and being around you. You know, you just bring a lot of good quality to it. And um, a little something you said about the kids remember you. I mean, I remember the parents of, you know, because the parents even showed up. Now, these guys are in their, you know, 20s and 21, some of them 19, and some of them 40, some of them a little bit older. You know, and they the, the parents even commented on, you know what? I remember when Jacob was coming, and all I know is when I told him, um, you're going to be going to class to see Sensei, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays, he always had all his work done. He was ready to go, because all I had to do was say, I'm going to let Sensei know when you go there. And he was the kind of guy that didn't want to do karate at first, but you know what? He never missed the class. <laughs> and and his mother tell me the story about it and makes me smile. Be like, wow, you know, you have influences over these young minds, and they don't forget you. Absolutely. He is twenty years old, and he's like, thank you, um, sensei. And you know, he came in. He was so happy to be here, and oh man, he felt really good about participating with me again. You know, but they get busy. You know, they have lives. You know, college, fam- you know, things come up. But um, like you say, you you teach them the right way. These kids will remember you later in life. You know, you don't have Absolutely. to. You don't have to wonder. They they remember and they and they've been listening to what you say. So it's very important, you know, to speak truly. You know, speak rightly, think rightly, feel rightly. You know, con- contribute, conduct Absolutely. rightly. It's very important to do these Absolutely. things because they they watching and they learning and they listening. You know, Absolutely. so that was great. That was great. You know, you see what I'm saying? How we all, we may do different martial arts. You might be doing Taekwondo. I might be doing Okinawa and Shotokan, whatever. But the stories are so similar because the root of martial arts is making people responsible for themselves and bringing out the best in people. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. You know, and I, and I love that part. You know, um, and you say you guys tournament is coming up. I'll be, wow! I can't wait to go down there and, and be a part of it. So as soon as you get that flyer together, please put one in the mail or put me on your email list, and um, I'll be glad to come there and visit with you guys. Uh, and same here. I, I really would like for you to come here when you get the time. You're such a busy guy. Then stop by the dojo and you know see some of the students. I want them to meet you and you know hear you and. You know, see you do some of the things that you do so greatly. Thank you, sir. I sure will. Yeah, I yeah. sure will. You're so welcome, sir. That's no, no. Thank you. You know, as always. Um, so, um, you, you you said you had a couple things coming up. 
I was um, talking to um, someone last night about the martial arts, um, um, Mario Arthur. He's a um, um, big-time guy in um, um, Wuko. Um, and not just that, um, he got a league starting out, a martial art organization starting out. And um, he's going all over the world, man. This guy's got, oh, my God, I can't even imagine how many students in the African countries, you know. He got, like, maybe five, 600 students. And he just really started promoting it last year. And it's interesting to me that, you know, how many people out there are just dying to get into martial arts and wanting to be a part of such a, uh, um, a major event. And it's like... If you, like they said, if you build a field, they'll come. Remember Fields of Dreams? The guy built the baseball Absolutely. field. And people Absolutely. showed up. I mean, you know, it's there. So we don't really have to fight about students. You know, you, you just open the door up, be a good instructor. You're going to get people coming in and want to be a part of Absolutely. what you're doing. You know? And just, just just walk in that light and keep doing the right thing. You know, sometimes it's hard when you start out. Any suggestions you got to these new guys starting out? Um, anything you'd like to tell them? All I, all I will say was just, you know, do your research, find different schools, and the one that you like, and stick with it. Join them and stick with it. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. Do your research. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's a, a lot of martial arts schools, but a lot of martial arts schools ain't for everybody. Yeah. Do your research. I tell you, research. Mm -hmm. Find one that you like like the way they teach going going for a, a free class and or just go in and watch a free class and see how they teach you and you know there's a variety of different martial arts you got the the, the chinese system the japanese system uh korean system you know just do your research that's what i would say mm -hmm. always do your research yeah. on what you're trying to do or what you want to accomplish yeah research is a key word I always tell people. Most of the people that I tell them to do that, they do just like I say. They go to other schools, they research it, 90% of them come back. Okay. So, okay. that's what I say. Do you have any feeling about um, mixed martial arts? What do you think about that? Do you feel like it's a martial art or you feel like it's roughhousing or you feel like it have a discipline in itself? Well, I'll put it this way. Mixed martial arts has its own place in the martial art field, you know, that's one thing we do. Uh, I don't have, I, I don't have any doubts or no uh, problems with mixed martial art. Mixed martial art has its own place mm -hmm. compared to traditional martial arts has its own place. So uh, any kind of martial art, any kind of training is okay. As long as you train well, train hard, and the purpose of your training. So, like I said, mixed martial art has its own place in the field of martial arts, just like any other style of martial arts. Okay, okay. So, um, I, I, you know, sometimes I hear people say that because they um, they may, uh, like, say I'm, I'm, I'm Shotokan and I may do some Taekwondo kicks or I may do some um, Kung Fu movements, I'm no longer Shotokan, I'm, I'm something different. I, I, to them, I say they don't know what they're talking about. If you find something that you like, use it. If it's effective for you, because it might not work for the next guy. It may work for you. When you're training, it's good to be um, a little bit subjected to all kind of 
different martial arts styles so that when you come across something, you may be able to adapt to it like water and be able to handle the situation instead of like, oh, I don't know what that is, uh, whatever, you know what I mean? But um, I don't think that learning um, something a little different or bringing something a little different into your system is a is a bad thing. I think it actually could be a good thing. Well, I, I agree with you. And there's a question that people always used to ask me, uh, Grandmaster Roberts, Master Roberts, uh, Mr. Roberts, what, what's the best martial arts style? And I tell them, there ain't no best martial arts style. It's how you train, train hard, and train from your heart. Yes. That's what makes the best martial arts style. There ain't no best martial arts style. No one can ever tell me that. And that's what I tell people. There ain't no best martial arts style. It's the way you train, how hard you train, and train from the heart. That's yeah. what makes the best martial arts style to me. Yeah, yeah, because, so that's my answer for that. Yeah, because really the martial arts is an individual thing. You know, some people may be really good at um, weapons. And that's okay. Some people may be really good at empty hand. And that's okay. Some people don't like to fight. They like to just do kata. And that's okay. But when I was bringing up and learning martial arts, I came learning it because I want to be able to defend myself. And if something would happen, I would be able to defend people who are weaker than me if something happened. That was my reason for getting into the martial arts because of being, you know, bullied. And um, I don't no longer wanted to be subjected to being bullied, so I had to find a way to make myself have confidence in myself. And a martial art was an outlet to me. Um, I've been lucky enough to, you know, meet with different people and do different things, but I've always trained very hard. And now that I'm 63, certain things I don't do anymore, certain kicks I don't do anymore, um, I don't try to go out and do a thousand kicks a day like I used to. You know, I may be satisfied with 400 today, but I'm still training. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, on that point, I'm 64, and I've been training for years, since about eight years old. And like you said, I don't do a lot of kicks and punches like I used to, but uh, I'm still training. And martial art, there's never enough martial art that you can't stop learning. There's more martial arts. Even though I'm at 64, I know somebody right now that's 92 still doing martial art today. So I ain't even touched the martial art experience or the knowledge that a 92-year-old martial arts practitioner can teach me and things he's seen in his life about things, even about unethical martial art techniques. Uh, for an example, you know, some people say, you know, this this technique work, this technique work. I even train my even little students about, okay, that technique, if it don't work for you, then you got to go on to another technique. For example, I tell them, for an example, if you get held down on the ground and all the techniques you learn that don't work for you, do some unethical technique. They say, what's unethical technique? I tell them, bite. Mm -hmm. scratch pinch a lot of martial art people don't teach the kids that mm -hmm. does the technique work for you yes it did then why why you why you couldn't use it then if regular techniques don't work for you do unethical techniques mm -hmm. unethical techniques work for you too mm -hmm. 
So you have an array of different attacks and stuff that you can do in martial arts. But some martial arts, like say, some things ain't gonna work on certain people, so you have to convert to do different things. Whatever works for you to stop somebody from harassing you, beating you up, or whatever, use them. A lot of martial arts schools don't teach them that. But it's unethical, because a lot of martial arts schools don't teach biting, pinching, and scratching. I do. Mm-hmm. So well, with, with that in mind, you, you know, you, you have to teach them reality, a lot of reality stuff. Even the young ones, they're hungry. They're hungry for the knowledge that you that you, you can share with them. They are very hungry for it. So, you know, in those cases, so you have to be realistic with them, and you've got to teach them. Share that knowledge that you have. Yes. You share that knowledge. And I agree you with know. you. Unconventional, you know. unconventional techniques work just like conventional techniques, you know, because, like you say, it may not be conventional to teach somebody to pinch, but if you pinch them inside their thigh and they let go, hey, you know, you won. If you scratch their hand and they let go, hey, you won. If you bite their leg and they let go, hey, you won. It may be unconventional to to use it, but it was conventional because it worked and you was able to be free, get out of the situation, go get help or whatever it may have caused, you know, it it works. So a lot of times unconventional techniques work really well. You know, they really do work real well. So that's, that's, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, when I'm, when I'm going around, you know, different places, I'm sure like you said, you've been to all kind of countries and seen all kind of different martial artists train and do different things. Um, I've never went to a dojo. Some of them may exist that wasn't really welcoming you into the door, happy you there to see you, very polite with you. I've never been to a dojo that, you know, people were angry and didn't want you walking in or watching what they were doing. You know, I've, I've never come across that. Um, I've heard people say um, they won't allow you to come in and watch the class. You have to pay if you're going to watch. I don't know what's with that or why they would do that. And I'm not going to comment on whether they're um, um, hiding something or whatever, but I think you should feel, if you go to a dojo, like you said, find one that makes you feel welcome to it. And that way you're more apt to stay with it, you know. And instead of you go somewhere they make you feel like they don't want you there, then, you know, it's probably a good idea not to go there. Absolutely. You know? Probably a really good idea not to go there. Absolutely. You know? 100%. Now... Um, at this time, are you using more hand techniques, or you using, or are you still using a lot of kicking? Oh, 50 50 Okay, that's a good answer. Because I feel the same yeah. way. <laughs> it used to be I used to love to kick more, even though I, I do do you know traditional karate um, instead of like with taekwondo, which is karate. I don't know why they don't think it taekwondo is such a different thing is all kicking and punching and all of that just one art seemed to lean more towards kicks and another art may lean more towards throwing or mother might lean throw to punching you know boxing is even a martial art to me but um i found out now i kind of like i find my kicks that i like you know three or four favorite ones i like and i use all kind of different hand techniques elbows knees you know i mean it works it works for me and I love I love practicing Absolutely. that way. And one thing I found out, Sensei, the kids love to have us on the floor with them. 
And you know, it's okay. Your other Absolutely. instructors can they be do. there with them. They do. But when you get on the floor, it's a different type of energy. They like feed off of that energy you bring to them, you know, because they can feel that wisdom, that knowledge, and all that other good thing that you, you know, giving out. I think that's a really important that um, we stay active on the floor as long as you can and keep giving them I, that I good vibration. Say again? Uh, unless I'm out of town, I teach every class. And it's just like you say, uh, we call it K KI, kinetic energy. And, and you're right, absolutely. When we get on, when I get on the floor, they, they, they hungry. They're hungry for the knowledge. I see it in their face. The mm -hmm. island tiger, I see it. And, and they're just waiting for me to tell them something, you know. Yeah. And tell them something. And yeah. you can just see them. They're quiet. And they, they're hungry. And I, I can see it, and, and I tell them that all the time. And you know, I've been around a few times, and I tell them about life situations, and they just love it. And, and, and I tell them, you know, they they listen. They're very particular, you know. And they they ask questions to this class that I got now. They ask questions all the time, and I love it. And I have the answer for them, you know. And they always asking questions about different things, you know, tournaments and uh, knowledge wise, you know. And, who's who and who did this and who's that what organization they love answer questions I love to give them answers and, and you know they they enthusiastic too they they hungry for the knowledge so that's why I say martial arts instructors around the world share your knowledge share it you'll be amazed yeah what, what your knowledge can do and it don't do no good to you keep know. it if you ain't gonna share it I mean why get that knowledge and just keep it to yourself and then nobody benefits from learning some great technique or, or, or a great way to apply that technique, you know, that you've learned. I mean, I understand that sometimes you want to like, oh, well, this is for my system or my style. or But you know what? I don't think it's nothing new under the sun. I think anything that you didn't thought of have been thought of before. It's, it's a fact that, man, the education that we got, the mental capacity that we got, if man would have had it, hundreds of years ago, they'd have been flying to the moon hundreds of years ago. If they'd had the same ability to, with, like with computers or whatever. We have this mind that is a great thing. And if you have the same resources 400 years ago, you'd have been doing things you're doing today. So I don't think it's Absolutely. nothing new under the sun. Every technique and every everybody that claims that their style is superior to another style, I just I, I can't see that. I think that the person who's doing it may be a better practitioner, and that's all. You know what I mean? I, that, that's all. I don't think it's um, one thing is more superior to another. I really don't. So, I, like you said, yeah, all martial arts, good martial arts. Yes, sir. I agree. Wow. You know, I mean, every time I, I get on the phone with you and we started talking, we get to talking about different things and philosophizing and passing that knowledge on, I, I learned something new. You know, you may say something, I go, oh, wow, okay, yeah, okay. And then I, then I find myself saying to myself, that was great. Man, I wish I would have thought of that. Or I wish I, <laughs> I wish I would have said that or, you know, wow. So it is important for us to have fellowship with each other. And talk because you pick up on something new, you know, pick up on something may not be new to that person saying it, but it may be new to you the way they said it and inspire you to do something, you know, a little bit different. That's great. Absolutely. I agree. That's great. That's great. I agree. Yeah. So your classes, um, how many classes you run a day? 
I only run two classes a day, but it's only three days. Okay. Because the other days, uh, we have judo, judo and jujitsu going on at the same time. So, you know, with my taekwondo classes going on, uh, right next door to me is the jujitsu class going on. We got no gi jujitsu, uh, gi jujitsu, and we have Muay Thai at the school, you know, and then on the other part of the building, we have, uh, of fitness going on. We got two fitness instructors that are females that's teaching uh, CrossFit and stuff like that. Okay. In the other end of the building, we got yoga going on. But, you know, uh, I teach it for three days, three days a week. And then the judo is three days a week. And the uh, jiu-jitsu is every day. So, you know, we, we got a variety. Our gym is very versatile and it's uh like 5,000 square feet and then, you know, the Taekwondo and the Judo, we on one side and the Jiu Jitsu and the Muay Thai is on the other side. But on the days that uh, the Jiu Jitsu is not going, uh, we use the, the main gym where the Taekwondo is going. So we have one side, we got um, the, the, the gym set up like uh, uh, the Olympic style Taekwondo. We got training bags. We don't have the, the type bags that you put water in on the floor. We got hanging bags. Okay. You know, the same way they train at the Olympic Training Center, because that's what I, I was, that's what I did for all those years, with teaching Taekwondo, it was Olympic style. But right now we're teaching Olympic style for sport-wise and Taekwondo for self-defense. So with the, the training side, we use the hanging bags, and we train just like the Olympic training camp center because for many years, I took many of my students always to Colorado Springs to try out the Olympic team trials and that type of stuff. So we stuck with it, and so we've got one set up like Olympic style, and then the other style of the gym is set up like jujitsu. So we got these uh, certain type of mats that we use on both styles, and we found that these type of mats is good for the training that we do for the judo, the jiu-jitsu, and the taekwondo. So, and the gym setup is really nice. I really like the way it's set up. Really, oh, we got showers in it. We got a sauna in it. I mean, everything you would want, we got it in this gym. Everything. It sounds like a wonderful so, place to come and train. I, yes, sir. I, I'll be glad uh, to come by there and visit you. Come. I can't wait yes, to get sir. to Texas Anytime. to come in there. Yeah. And yeah. then, like I say, uh, Go to uh, anybody that's interested in knowing how to school look or whatever. CTX, Marshall Sports Headquarters, Colleen, Texas. Look it up. And it shows the school on the inside and everything. You will love it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You got to give that address out to us again. You said that so quick. I, I don't hope that everybody get it. You call it CTX? Yeah, CTX, right? Sports Headquarters. Colleen, Texas. It's called MSHQ, Marshall Sports Headquarters. Okay. It's on the Facebook page, CTX, All Marshall right. Sports Headquarters, Colleen, Texas. All right. I think we got that out there to them. And, um, you know, I, I, I got to thank you again for being on the show with me. We have been talking with Master Dan Roberts, 10th degree. And he is a Taekwondo practitioner. Um, and he was my guest here today on the way. My name is Hunchy Henry Graves. Um, I have the pleasure of being friends with this young man right here. And we 
you know, look forward to doing things together and keep on practicing. And we look forward to having students around us keep us young. And um, you guys are welcome to come out here. And when you get into town, you come meet me down on the corner of Bombay in East Michigan. We at 2345 East Michigan Street in Orlando, Florida. And our classes are um, Tuesday through Saturday, 6 p.m., 8 p.m. On Saturday morning, we 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. And I thank you for being a part of the show today, Master Dan Roberts. Any closing words for these guys? Yes, sir. All I want to say is train hard. Keep them training. And the best luck to you. And may God bless you. Us. Don't hang out though. Thank you very much, sir. Us. Us. All right. Have a great day. You too, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. What do you like most about the martial artists? Do you like the combat? Do you like the weapons? Or do you like the kata? Well, I'm getting older, so uh, I like learning the skills that keep me on my toes if I ever need to defend myself. Uh, but I like to do the katas. I like weapons, and uh, I just like training, you know, overall training. Okay, well, very good. So now, in the martial arts... Have you ever had an opportunity or have you ever came upon a situation that you had to use anything you learned as far as um, in your shoulder con or in your defensive tactics or anything like that? Well, I have used a little bit of the shoulder con uh, when I was a correctional officer. And uh, sometimes you're not, uh, you know, in different situations portray themselves in a certain way. And I think some of my karate training has helped. Uh, where you become, uh, it's like firing your weapon. It's muscle memory. And so certain situations where I've had to defend myself, I know I've used some Shotokan, and it has helped me out a lot. Oh, great, great. So, you know, in today's society, um, do you believe that martial arts are important with today's, you know, the way the kids are today, and, you know, with so many other things they could be doing? What do you see martial arts in society today? Well, I think martial arts is a big plays a big factor with the young kids today, even more because they've seems like the new generations have lost their uh, respect for a lot of things. And I know martial arts that's the first thing that we teach is the respect and courtesy, uh, along with the defending yourself uh, in a bad situation. But uh, I really think today's kids need need that respect. Uh, for themselves, their family, their friends, and start respecting each other uh, versus some of, some of the things they're doing right now. You know, it's kind of interesting. I have people come, parents bring their children in to teach the martial arts to them, but the whole aspect of them, they're bringing them in because they need discipline. And You know, I never had that worry when I was coming up with my mother and father about the discipline thing, yeah. you know. So, I don't know what it's like, the generation that the new generation of parents coming up, whether they are, like, trying to be friends with their kids and, you know, you and I know that don't work. You can't be their buddy. You got to right. be their father. You got to <laughs> be their mother. You can't be their pal yeah. because pals, they, you know, different, different like, um, levels. So um, the whole journey with the martial arts is of self-expression and self-learning. Um, you know, you, you learn to be a better person. You learn to be a better um, father, brother, 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 sister, brother, mother, 
just learn to do better in life. Now, you say you 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 know you've been practicing martial arts all these years, you know, and you say you like forms. Is there any particular kata or form you like better? Uh, right now, uh, I think 